once upon a cult. Hello, culties, and welcome back to this very timely episode, if we do say so ourselves. Today, we are talking about Patient 31, who dun, dun, dun. was one of the early people who got coronavirus. But before we do that, my name's Sean. I'm here with Alan. Hey, guys. How are you, sir? Good. Yeah. Feeling and of course... Okay? Yeah. I'm Victoria. We got Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Vicky. Hi. So I just want to point out real quick, like, yes. in the background for this season, it's been a little crazy for Vicky and I because we had a full 10 cults, or possible cults, laid out. Mm-hmm. And then, like, every week there's been something new that's come to our attention. So we've already, like, cut three possible cults out of the season (laughs) this entire season has not been so far a single thing that i think we've planned (laughs) like (laughs) like i i don't think this is at all what we even wanted to do this season um like i i know we've changed we because we actually believe it or not people we do think about what cults before we even start the season, we try to outline what cults we want to look into, what we want to research. So there actually is, believe it or not, thought put into this. However, when things like this happen, or Tiger King, it's like, it's very hard for us to ignore that, you know, because everyone yeah. sends, like, like Sean and I, we first off, I send him stuff all the time, he sends me stuff. But other people send us stuff all the time, too, now. You know, have you, did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? And it's funny to me because I was actually talking to my husband earlier today about, because we at one point even wondered if there would be enough content to do an entire podcast about just cults. And we've come across just so, we have just so much content that we, we want to explore and groups that we want to look at so it's pretty crazy yeah and this is another one that completely came around by accident because Mm -hmm. as we were kind of going into the um we weren't quite at safer at home yet so i went to my best friend rachel's house and she had her other friend there and her friend casually mentioned did you hear about patient 31 so that's the first i heard about this and then just last week alan was like hey i got more info about patient 31 she was in a possible cult (laughs) (laughs) like what you're welcome (laughs) thank you thank you (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about i think let's tell people who patient 31 is briefly and then we'll get kind of into the cult aspect and how that's helped spread the virus because of the cult yeah so i've got a little bit of a timeline here for patient 31 and kind of um where how she contracted coronavirus and what her what the few days for her were like afterwards i guess Mm -hmm. um so do do you want to go over or you want me to kind of tell so let's first um just kind of introduce so she's part of the Shincheonji Church of Christ, which is based in South Korea, but has um, uh, different churches all around the world. Mm-hmm. And go ahead and tell us a little bit more about the timeline, Vicki. So on February 7th of 2020, 
Patient 31 um, checked into the hospital due to a minor car accident. Um, while she was there, she started developing symptoms. So she, I guess she contracted it there because she was there till the 8th. And by the 8th of February, she had a fever. Um, at the time, you know, this was early when all this was going on. It was February 8th. And so she didn't think she needed to be tested. She's like, no, it's probably just a cold. And at the time, it was like, okay, cool, whatever. That was, you know, I don't think the, um, the, the threat was as severe as it is now, you know. So February 8th, it was probably like, okay, cool. You pro you've got a cold. Go home. Rest. Stay indoors. Well, and just to cut in real quick, what's crazy to me is, like, the hospital told her, like, we need to test you for coronavirus. And she is yes, like, no, thank refused. you. I'm good. <laughs> right. She didn't want to the first time. And she was kind of able to avert it the first time by just, you know, playing it off. Like, it's fine. It's a cold. And they did. It didn't seem like the hospital really pushed her the first time. But either. and I this that, next yeah. part, this next part makes me laugh because it's you. Did you did you hear about where she went after getting out of the hospital? <laughs> right after they told her to yes. be tested. Yes, yes. I was just about to say it. Oh okay. my god. Okay. So let me go ahead and take two steps. Um, well, like twenty years backwards, a step here. So I actually went to culinary art school. And I studied and aced sanitation. Like, I was all about sanitation. And in sanitation, they talked about how germs spread. So, for me, like, this whole thing has been like, no, I see the germs spreading. It's like, oh, it's creeping me out. But they show a video of people that would literally sneeze underneath sneeze guards or on their hands and grab food straight from the buffet. So of course, this woman who just left the hospital with coronavirus went to a hotel buffet and started just, I, I'm just like, oh my gosh, she went, that's like a, for me, that's just like a germ fest. Buffets, like I don't eat at buffets. Buffets are disgusting and there's so much cross-contamination. So for me, buffets are like, ugh. And I know that's why you brought it up and you love it because you know how much I hate buffets. Yep. <laughs> and that's two cults now because we also had the Rajneesh who spread the um, salmonella yes, on the buffets. At a buffet, see? They, but the, you know what, though? The Rajneesh knew what they were doing. They said, oh, no, you want to spread that shit? You take that shit to a buffet. They just spread it all over there. Because it's true. Because people will... Um, use the same plate like and you think like oh what's the big deal but it's like they're using the same utensil they'll take that plate go up and get use the utensils and put the utensil that's going into the whole serving thing on their plate to put the food down and then back into the whole thing so they've contaminated that entire thing and you know that there's one asshole that's gonna do it I just you know. imagine if you were in the town that that happened in, everybody would be sick oh. and you'd be like, I fucking right? told y'all. Like, now what? Now what? That's why all you motherfuckers got food poisoning and I'm fine. Keto bitches. <laughs> right, that's right. Clean keto life. <laughs> so after leaving the buffet, um, the next day, February 9th, she went to church. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next week, she went to church. And at both of those masses, there was assumed to be about 9,000 members in attendance. 
Right, so these are all good points of how she got corona, and nothing really stands out yet as to why that would spread it. So why don't we get into the church, and we'll kind of talk about that, and we'll circle back to patient 31 to see if we can find the reason why she's blamed for such a widespread pandemic. Right, because even though she did go take her nasty corona to the buffet, (laughs) she didn't give it to nearly as many people as they they have it because I'm sure she you know I'm sure people caught it from the buffet okay whatever but how many people were actually at that buffet she's responsible they believe for somewhere around I want to say 4,000 cases oh wow actually I found like uh almost 12,000 oh almost 12,000 okay so it's way more so yeah. she's responsible for quite, for a large, large number. So it wasn't just the buffet or just going to church. So why don't you explain why you think that, what, or why don't you go ahead and tell me what the, or tell us the difference now, I guess. Okay, so now let's, let's go to more of the history behind this church. So again, it's called the Shinchianji, but a lot of people shorten it to SCJ. So I'm going <laughs> to refer to SCJ for the rest of the episode. <laughs> So, it was founded in 1984. What a wonderful year that was. That was the greatest year. Like, I mean, what a year. What a year. Vicky and I were born that year. Yes. (laughs) And it was, um, now you guys know our ages. It was founded by Lee Man Hee, and he claims to be the second coming of Christ. And I think this number is funny. Because he says he's going to take 144,000 people with him to heaven on the day of judgment. I'm like, where right. did you get that number? <laughs> right? That's always interesting where they come up with dates, numbers. Like, the math behind all of this stuff is just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what I wonder, too, is because I found how many members they have worldwide and as well as Korea. And... Worldwide, currently, there's a little over 300,000 members. So, do you think that members are just kind of sitting at home like, hmm, I've got about a 50-50 chance? Or you think, oh, I'm a pretty decent person. Like, how do you know you're one of the 144? Like, if I was to join, I'd be like, do I even bother? You know, like, am I going to get in? You know, like, am I going to join this cult and then not even get to be one of these 144,000 people? Well, and I I came across something later after I saw that number where I think Mm -hmm. he upped it when he got more members because then later it said that he had around 220,000 and he promised everybody that he was going to take them. So I'm wondering if he just threw a number out there. Oh, okay, good. It's good to know then that he (laughs) went ahead and upped the number. That's good, good. Right. I mean, because I mean, I I just think that, you know, that might not be good for recruiting purposes. You know, yeah. like, hey, join our group. We're going to take 144,000 people <laughs> to heaven. But by the way, we do have about 300,000. So you are on a waiting list. I, I mean, it could be a good <laughs> scare tactic, too, for current right? members. You know, yeah, you're like, there's only 144,000. So that's you better, right. like, you know. You better get on this list now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Tom. Betty's taking your place. She's right? been a better person. <laughs> So part of what um, Lee has done with his members and why they follow him is he's convinced them of two things. Mm-hmm. One, they believe he's immortal and has an eternal life. Well, wait but, a minute. Hmm. If he's immortal, when's he going back with the other 144,000 people to heaven? That's a really good... Well, he said he's going with the um, 
on the day of judgment. So I think it just means okay, he's not okay. going to die until that day comes. Yeah. I see. I see. Okay. And the other thing he's convinced them of is that the Bible is written in secret metaphors and only yes. he can interpret them. Absolutely. But you know what's funny? I did a little bit of research too for this one and I looked into this guy a little bit. And did you know that before he started this this group in 1984, he was part of another group called, he was actually um, a parishioner of a group called Olive Tree. And their leader also believed he was the second coming of Jesus <laughs> and he was going to take some like 200,000 members to heaven when oh, the time no. came. But their group <laughs> ended in 1980. So huh. I know, I'm like, hmm. Do you think that he just saw the success of his previous group and was like, or do you think he was because of his previous group, like, hmm, okay, I'm going to do what he did, but maybe he thought, oh, I'm going to do it differently or better. But do you think that Lee Man, he maybe took his, because uh, I, I think a lot of what their group is based off from what I could see is there's a lot of similarities from the small bits of information that I was able to find. Because well, I think that's another thing to talk about, too, is this particular group, there's very little information public available to us. Right. And I think we see this a lot. Like, we saw it with Nexium. We saw mm -hmm. it with um, these cults where they do have one that they try, and then it stops, and then they start a new one that, right. you know? Well, it's like the Fisher-Price one. It's like, everybody has to have my first cult, right? Yeah. So they have to go through and learn the ropes and get like, okay, here's how you run a cult. I see. All right. <laughs> one thing that I find really interesting, because I've heard this idea before, actually, from one of our coworkers in the past, where he told me that the Bible is a metaphor. And he said, like, for example, when Abraham offered his daughter to another man for him to like sleep with her and basically like take her as a sex slave <laughs> um he was like he didn't actually offer his daughter he was saying that he would and that's how much he wanted to you know accommodate this man i'm like but it, it says right there that he did this thing so why are we changing the meaning so i just think that idea of like the bible and people interpreting it is uh -huh. a very popular belief so i'm not surprised that he used this yeah i definitely well i think a lot of people think that the bible is up to interpretation i mm -hmm. believe the bible is up to interpretation i believe all religion is up to interpretation we talked about this with kabbalah where we had um i i think it was oswaldo that said you know you take a group of religious leaders and blindfold them put them in a room with an elephant and ask them to describe what they saw they're all going to say something different but they're all describing elements of an elephant i just imagine you like touching an, ele an elephant blindfolded being like oh oh this is his trunk oh it's so large <laughs> and it's actually Ooh, just it's you long. touching his penis <laughs> I miss Ozzy. I wish we got him a like a, a mic that he could record with with yeah. us so that we could have him on the show during this time. I know. Instead, we've got Alan. I... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back in. So, Alan, did you want to tell us a little bit about like how the SCJ recruit people? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I try to look it up a few um, ways. Uh, one of them 
uh, or a common thing that I did find is that they seem to like to recruit people who are young, um, people who are in college, and the way they do that is like other students recruiting each other, and it's usually done kind of in a friendly way, like, hey, let's, you know, hang out, um, let's go and play basketball or something, I think was one example, and they just like, you know, created this bond, which eventually kind of led them to, you know, join, um, I guess, this the, cult, the church or the cult. Um, and I think a lot of it too is like they find people who are down on their luck in a way, um, mm -hmm. you know, who are just like lost, um, and then mm -hmm. recruit them from there. Um, yeah. I found another recruiting tactic. Tell me about it because I think it's the one I found. It? Okay. Is it the secret spies? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so. You make it sound so exciting. <laughs> Secret spies. Members, I'm going to read this from Wikipedia. Members have been cited in, I'm just going to say different cathedrals because I cannot pronounce this word, but um, often pretending to be uh, believers seeking to lure other Koreans or foreigners into their own religious meetings. In the UK, in 2016, the Church of England even issued a formal alert to around 500 parishes in London about the activities of the Shin... Shin SCJ. Thank you. <laughs> affiliate known as Parasito. I don't know if I read that right. Paracristo? Paracristo. Paracristo is a registered charity in the UK, runs Bible study courses in London, and was using these courses to recruit members of the Church of England. And then it goes on, too, to say, like, they did this also in India and Singapore, where they would go into different um, churches and ministries and actually recruit members while going to different churches. Yeah. Like, that's pretty ballsy, you know, like. Hey, I know you already picked this religion, but I'm going to come in here and tell you about how mine's better, and you should join us. Come be one of the 144. So one thing they do, which is really smart but scary for why this is um, a working model, is once they bring somebody in, and like Alan said, usually they're young, usually they're in some sort of depression or disillusion, they exert their control over that individual pretty quick and they tell them that this is you know one of the world's biggest upcoming religions we have to protect it we have to be secret about it so they encourage people not to talk to friends or family about it or compare it with other churches so they're almost like brought in under this not almost but they are brought in under a veil of secrecy and the less you communicate with the outside world the more you're gonna believe what you're surrounded by. I think that should be a red flag for anyone. So if mm -hmm. you are in a group, a, a religious group, and I think too that um, groups like this are almost more deceptive because people think that this is a genuine, you're, you're talking about Jesus. You know, people are gonna think, oh, you're just a genuine Christian group, but and and they probably think what's the threat you know other christians probably think what's the threat they're just they, they believe in jesus right? right right and that's one of the things too like you said mm -hmm. people don't always know they're joining they the don't SCJ. and they don't know what they're they're joining either and at the same time too I, 
none of these groups start off with bad intentions. So even if you're in a group that you truly believe what they're talking about, and let's say it's about Jesus, and you really be, you really feel the message that this group is telling you, you truly, with your heart, believe that you are gonna that you know, Mr. Lee here, he's gonna he's gonna take all these 144,000 people, and you're one of them. You know, let's say you believe that in your heart, and other people are like, cool, whatever, believe it, but. What happens when groups like this take it too far or your leader, you know, the pressure starts to build on them and they take it too far. And we have instances like Jonestown, you know, Jonestown, like we can't forget that. We have to, I think, always look at that and say, because Jonestown had some of the purest intentions, like that's what the thing is that that could be so scary about these groups is because they have these great intentions and you find all these people that want to do good or want to have meaning in their life and they're they're genuinely searching for fulfillment so they're going to go with whatever and then you have a doomsday type situation where you end up losing all these people or or they're now being murdered or killed or something happens you know Heaven's Gate also started out as a group that believed in Jesus and whatnot, so, and the Bible. So, I mean, it goes to show you that these groups can turn and change in a heartbeat. Like, it can change and get ugly so fast with some of these groups. Actually, that's, mm-hmm. that's a really good point you bring up, and that just sparked something in my brain that I want to come back to that idea after we kind of talk about the state of South Korea right now. So, thank yeah. you for sparking that for me. You're welcome. I'll spark whatever <laughs> you want, baby. Oh, come on, baby, light my fire. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I'm done being serious. We can have fun now. Go on. (laughs) Okay. So now, okay, so let's fast forward and let's bring both of our storylines together. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. some of the things that Lee does in the church is, I think this is more for just like cramming in as many people as possible, but he's gotten people to believe that they need to come in and sit like basically military style like in very tight rows very close together he's also you have to be because let's let's talk about they wanted to cram in members right so Mm -hmm. i i talked earlier about her timeline and how many members were actually at church that those two days nine thousand people that's crazy that's crazy that's insane like I remember going to church as a kid, and I don't think our church held a hundred people. You know what I mean? Like to think about a church, like how big of a church ha- would it have to be to hold nine thousand people? Yeah, so, I know. And, and if you get a chance, Colties, go on YouTube and look this up because they show them filed into church, and they're mm-hmm. very close. Mm-hmm. Yes, shoulders touching, um, and you are down in like a. a a crouched kind of child pose position mm-hmm. and and you don't have any face masks on and parishioners are encouraged to sing very loudly so now you're not only there you're all in this tight space together breathing heavily and you're yelling and you're experting yourself you know what i mean like you're you're just really letting the germs fly. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, they're taught not to wear anything on their faces, including glasses or masks. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but like we've seen in other groups or um, religious sects, is they're taught that illness is an illusion and weakness of the mind. So now you have this whole group of people who 
are fearful that if they admit that they're sick, then they're going to be looked upon as weak or not fit to be part of this group. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have this woman, patient 31, who, I don't think we mentioned this, she was in her 60s. Um, you right. have this woman who is not wanting to believe she's sick, so that now you have a reason for why. Because at first I was thinking, if you're in the hospital and they're like, right. hey, we got all this stuff to test you, why not just let us? I'm like, right. why wouldn't she just do it? Well, that's and it I right there. And I kind of dismissed it at first, too, because the first time. Because I was like, you know what? It probably wasn't that big of a deal back then. Because I remember, you know, early February, I was still working. And it was like, oh, yeah, it's in China. It's not here. Like, the 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 criticalness of it and the mentality of it was not the same as it is today. So we need to think, you know, two months ago, it was a very, very different story than what it is right now. So for me, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Maybe back then she just dismissed it, whatever. But how many times did the doctors then urge her to get tested? That's when it, for me, became like, oh, that's not cool. You know, the doctors multiple times had to tell you, get tested. Mm Mm-hmm. So actually, um, a lot of the outbreak in South Korea happened around the SCJ church, and it also said it started to spread from, I don't remember exactly what it was called, but it was Lee's hometown. I think it was Daegu. Yes, that's where the church was, it was in Daegu. Mm -hmm. And, but I have also heard too of stories where parishioners were traveling from other um, areas of South Korea and spreading it that way too because they have a huge following in South Korea nearly 230,000 members Mm -hmm. in just South Korea so if all of them are flocking to this church and then going back home you know they're spreading it everywhere well not only that you're right but Lee and his senior leaders also refused to get tested when now if I was Lee I would be shitting myself yeah, he is 88 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man. I but know he has eternal life. Yeah. I'd still be, like, <laughs> shitting myself. Do you think that he has those worries? Like, like, okay, I know that I'm telling people I'm immortal, but in the back of my head, like, you have to know you're not, right? You have to be like, oh, this is going to, this is going to fuck me over. People are going to figure this out now, you know, like. Well, one thing I found interesting is there's a video of Lee wearing glasses and a face and a mask. mask. Yeah. And he gets down on his knees and bows deeply to South Korea and apologizes yes. for the actions of his church. I saw that. I saw that today. So, yeah, I think he's shitting himself. <laughs> yeah. But but what's interesting, though, is even though he did all of that, he still thinks that or he's still calling the coronavirus the devil's deed. And that the devil, this is the devil's intent to stop the growth of... You brought up something so good right now. Because I (laughs) have been wondering, what do you think, not just this group, but what do you think all of these doomsday groups and apocalyptic um, type uh, churches, like, what do you think that they're thinking of all this coronavirus right now? I feel like there's probably tons of different things. I'm sure people are either like terrified and freaking out like oh the end of the days are here you know Mm -hmm. but then i think there's also people that are gonna be like oh it's gonna clean the earth like i'm sure that people think crazy things like i don't know 
I think you're right. I think we're going to see a big shift because I think with people having to be safer at home, they're going to possibly get away from the group aspect of a cult and have a chance Mm -hmm. to be deprogrammed. I think there may be new groups or new cults that pop up because of this, because we are segregated. Oh, there's already one, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, is there? There's, yeah. I, uh, somebody told me today about a group of anti-coronavirus um, <laughs> wackos that we'll, we'll get into, you know. Okay. We'll talk about it. I'll tell you about them later. Well, but, and- yeah. But there's definitely already groups that are, like, anti-COVID groups. Yeah, I've heard about a few, like a little bunch of people getting arrested and stuff for group um, um, displays of mm-hmm. coming together. Yeah. But um, coming back to your idea from earlier, Victoria, that the thing that you sparked is you talked about kind of how this is going to affect the group and what it may do to the group. There's already been a lot of blowback from South Korea in general. Um, the mayor, um, Seal Park actually Mm -hmm. filed a lawsuit against the church for not taking more uh, better measures to, I just said more better, better measures to stop corona. But on top of that, um, they're under a lot of heat from all of South Korea and all of a lot of the world too. Like there's actually been people who are part of the church Mm -hmm. who have gotten so much hatred from their community that there's been people killing themselves. There's been people hiding away. So it does worry me that Lee, as the leader of this church, seeing the people attacking his group so much, like that does worry me. Is he going to have them do a mass suicide? Is he going to act out against the community? You know, I think that's a lesson to not treat people this way. Like we can all be upset or angry that they did this and that they are a big contributor to coronavirus, but we also have to step back and look at the fact that they are brainwashed and in this group and they're not completely in control of themselves and try to help them. Yeah, like, do you hate the followers or do you hate, like, the, the beliefs of the cult itself? Right. You know? Right, yeah. I mean, it, it's got to be... It's it's hard, I'm sure, to be both empathetic in this situation to them, but still, still also, like, I don't know. I'm sure it's difficult for the people of South Korea right now to not be angry, but I feel like you have to not be angry because obviously, like you said, these people were brainwashed. Like, And then yeah. not only that too, but we need to all remember, this is new to everyone. Every single human on the planet has never gone through this before. This is completely brand new for everyone. There's probably a lot of things we don't know or didn't know, you know? And who knows, like months ago, other churches, I'm sure, I'm sure because of their size, they got noticed. I'm trying to look up a church actually right now, but I'm sure that there's there's a church in Anaheim here where I live, and I received a postcard at my home to join this church, and I looked them up, and they're a doomsday church. And I'm sure that that group is probably, like, they were probably still going to church for as long as they could until churches were shut down. And realistically, I wouldn't be surprised if groups like that are are still operating and still doing you know meetings and whatnot because i think too especially in times like this people turn to religion you know when they're scared and they don't know what's going on or there's something globally huge like this 
we blame or turn to religion. So oh, I think yeah. a lot of people are are missing that and wanting to go to to church and whatnot too. So I, I think that's kind of something we have to deal with also. You just reminded me of something. Just what? this last Friday. Yes. We got a letter in the mail, and we were super like, "This is so weird" because it was like handwritten on the envelope uh-huh. and like There's it was no return address too, right? No, there was a Otherwise, return address, okay. but it was from like a like a mile or two away mm. but this letter was written entirely in spanish luckily i kind of understand <laughs> spanish and we had somebody there who could read spanish but basically she was like hey i'm part of your community oh i, I assume it's she i don't know it could have been a he i don't know why i assumed a she i think her name was marie i think that's why okay well that's she, a pretty good indicator yeah <laughs> she was like i'm part of your community i wanted to introduce myself in these troubling times yada 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 i'm part of jehovah's witness oh see <laughs> so there's there's definitely people using this as a recruitment tool then Mm-hmm. You know, like people know that this is a scary thing going on, and it's like, oh, people want to know, like, where can I turn for for hope or answers? Yeah, it's a it's a scary time because there's a lot of um, segregation from community. There's a lot of depression, our fear from the virus. Mm-hmm. So naturally, anybody who reaches out that you start talking to, it's easy to fall into that trap and kind of fall into this new exciting thing where people are probably going to love bomb or just make you feel like part of a community. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you really have to be careful, you know, but I mm-hmm. think that there's definitely, you know, red flags and things to look for. Like if you ever go to a church and they start love bombing you, that's a red flag. <laughs> if, if they ever church, tell you don't look into this or don't talk yeah. to friends and family, that's a, that's a red, red flag. flag. <laughs> <laughs> So hopefully you guys are staying safe and not falling for any um, <laughs> recruitment tactics around coronavirus. <laughs> and so hopefully you guys are just staying safe in general. I hope yeah. you guys are all staying indoors and staying safe because I think that if anything, if anything, this whole thing, we need to learn from this. We need to learn as much as humanly possible from coronavirus. Patient 31 needs to be an example of how quickly things spread. I mean, that is just the most insane thing ever to me. And it shows that social distancing, it does make a difference and it does matter. So all of you like Corona people that don't seem to think it's real, it is. (laughs) Stay away from each other. Yeah, and simple things, like I know in her case is a little extreme because of the way her church was, but I don't think it's that different in, like, for example, when I went to my ex-mother-in-law's church every once in a while, you're sat pretty close to other people. There were times when we were singing when we would hold hands with our neighbor or hug people. So, I mean, just because you're not packed in like sardines doesn't mean there's a chance for you to spread germs and especially you wouldn't think just by going to a buffet that could be such a high risk unless you're victoria (laughs) so (laughs) these are everyday things she was doing and she it's funny because if you look her up there is a list of all the patients and how many possible people they each infected and most of them were like four or five or like a hundred or so and then you get to her and it was like (laughs) 1200 yeah yeah (laughs) 
it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, like Vicky said, we wanted to do this episode quick. That's why if you heard our last Poppy episode, there's a little difference in a tone when Sean suddenly <laughs> talks to himself. It's because we added it at last minute. <laughs> We but, did. We were going to mm-hmm. talk about a totally different group this week, but <laughs> but yeah, this was definitely much more important. Yeah, very important. Yeah. I'm glad we did this one. I am too. So, all right. Well, Coltsies, we will be back, of course, next week. And oh, if you don't know or haven't seen by now, we actually have a fun video that we did for you, Colties. Um, while Sean and Ellen are in their home and I'm in mine, we played a fun card game uh, called Colt. And it was pretty fun where you got to kind of make up your own Colts and we got to position, Sean and I both positioned Alan with a Colt to join and the better Colt won. So <laughs> thank I'll you. Leave, I'll leave it at that. No, no, <laughs> I, I won. <laughs> So definitely check that out. We're going to go ahead and start putting that on um, YouTube soon. And then we're also putting it on our website, www.onceuponacult.com. So you can check that out there. And, of course, on our Instagram. So if you guys are are not following us, definitely follow us on uh, social media at Once Upon a Cult because we are going to be doing some more fun things. And being as we're stuck here in uh, quarantine, we're thinking we're gonna to try to do more video and some more other fun things for you guys too to help kinda of kill those bored moments. Thank you for asking, Victoria. Next week's episode <laughs> is the Quan Yin method, which we have not looked into at all yet. So this will be fun. It will be fun. I think so. <laughs> all right. So thanks again though for listening, Colties, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.